welcome. Good to geek out. Good to go. Good place to go to geek out. I like to say and go geek out. Editor coming out of San Antonio, Texas. We will be discussing dialogue in comic books, denseness of writing since the 80s to now, Silver Age to the present. Yo, what up? My name is Boba Fresh. I'm coming from San Francisco. We're going to be discussing the density of dialogue. Hey, dialogue used to be much denser than it is today, in my opinion. Oh, and I'd like to discuss it with my friends. <laughs> and I'd like your opinion on it. Like, comment, subscribe. Look forward to hearing your opinions on some of your favorite stories, past and present. Rob Lucy coming at you from Southern Oregon. Let's get into it. So for everybody at home, the principle that we are exploring and evaluating is how the dialogue and amount of words per panel versus the amount of picture real estate any image may have and how that has changed and shifted over the course of comics and if this literary uh, diffusion of the aspect of the graphic novel slash comic book is gone away, are comics less academic? Are they, are they, are they less uh, uh, brainy? Are they dumber? Because th there's fewer words in comics now. Are people too short attention span possibly to take the time to read a full panel and they look at a, a page full of words and get intimidated. Let's, 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 let's find out. So, uh, interesting uh, take on that. I think uh, one of the stories that I went back and read recently, thanks to some of my friends that love shipping me comic books uh, was days of future past. And it's about a two or three, it's only about two or three uh, issues total um, but that first issue, they really go back. Chris Claremont, uh, specifically goes back and he does a history of the X-Men and, and how they got to where they're at at this point before they get into the main storyline. Um, and, and it's, it's really deep, but you could have stretched that story out in today's comic books into a really long graphic novel, maybe, you know, six, seven, eight issues long. Back in the 80s when he wrote that, it's literally two or three, you know, issues. But, you know, I, I would read comic, I'd read comic books on my lunch break occasionally. I'll take one issue and it might take me a lunch break and a half. So a total of an hour and a half to get through one comic book. I pick up a modern comic book. I can read three issues in 45 minutes. All right. So, uh, I kind of, to do a little bit of research on this, I just picked a random comic from each decade. So first one I got, I uh, just picked Crisis on Infinite Earth, first one, uh, 1985, written by Marv Wolfman, in case you were interested. Uh, first thing I kind of noticed is the splash pages are not singular splash pages. They'll have up to 18 panels in a splash page. Um, there's dialogue in almost every box. Uh, in dense dialogue, it's not necessarily uh, one word or short phrases um and the average boxes like uh per page was panels per page would be like six from what i recognized and that's that's about it what do you guys remember from 1980s comics that was just like the 
data. Um, and to Ed's point, almost, you know, there's got to, there's like six splash pages per issue on, on the newer comic books. And I was thinking about some of the reasons that they may have done that. Um, technology, uh, is part of it. Uh, the way that they can, uh, the, the art in comic books now is, is much denser. It's much more vibrant than, you know, some of the four color schemes that they had in the past and, and some of the dots. So you do get much better art overall, uh, for the most part. Not that I didn't love the art back then, but it's much more detailed now. Um, <clears throat> so maybe they relied a little bit more heavily on the writing and relationship development. You know, when I, when we were growing up reading the X-Men, it was about Scott and Gene and Wolverine and like the, the triangles and, 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 you know, so much more about the interpersonal drama or as much a part of the interpersonal drama as it was about you know, the hero villain kind of things going on. And, and they still kind of do that nowadays. But, you know, again, you look at Days of Future Past, which you could really summarize down into two issues. Today, they do that same story. It's an, it's an eight-issue graphic novel. I think you make some great points in laying down the groundwork for exactly what it is we're looking for as we strike out and pick up these individual issues because those are the tropes and the way that they have shifted in the sense is it on the editors? Is it on the consumers? Like, uh, who is making the decision that there needs to be less dialogue and a lighter amount of script per page and bigger, better pictures? I do agree. I think that the art is better. I think that there's phenomenal artists back then. The Burn Claremont run specifically, I think, is probably the epitome of comic books to me in the sense of, like, you're talking about family dynamics. Uh, level of art, the hatchwork, uh, pushing the boundaries of the technology itself. But Claremont um, is in a very unique position also because he ran X-Men for uh, 12 years, 13 years, you know, and went through t as many artists. And so his ability to plant seeds and write a lot um, write a lot, a lot of dialogue and a lot of exposition because he's big on narration. There's a lot of black block panels that just tell you what the hell's going on with Krakoa or Magnus or what the hell Sunfire's been up to for the last two weeks and all of this stuff. Uh, but we, it, it didn't break up the flow of the pictures. Like, you know, the pictures are drawn with the knowledge that these bubbles are going to be there. And it almost looks weird if you go and you can find a lot of these panels without any of the bubble uh, bubble prior. And, you know, they look crazy because that's just not the way that the image is set up. I definitely think that looking through the age of comics and the way that that had shifted from just being an on-the-rack, buy a quarter, get this out the door, uh, turnover, to actually becoming something of a literary treasure, which it became uh, up to the point where you have your Neil Gaiman's and your Sandman's and, and actually like winning awards. But in the comic sense, you've got the Iron Age, Venom. I, I blame a lot of things on Gambit and Venom. I think people stopped reading comics. People stopped caring about words when Gambit and Venom were on the page because they're just so caught up looking at those two. What do you think, <laughs> Uh, no, I agree. Uh, just like as a as a marker, so up a, up a decade to ninety one, I did a Infinity Gauntlet, 
writer, Jim Starlin. Uh, it's not very, it's not very different. It's only five years apart, I guess, from Crisis. Uh, there are few, uh, fewer panels already starting. The average is like five panels per page. Uh, I did notice more narration above, but then I realized that that was it's because I was reading Marvel and previously it was DC and Marvel, like you just said, is really big on the narration and breaking it down for you real quick and then jumping into the story. Whereas DC is like trying to use their characters to explain what's going on yeah. and, and convey other stuff. It's a little, little bit more verbose for for no reason really, I think. I think Marvel does it a little better. Uh, lighter dialogue, more uh, those more phrases or like people yelling oomph or ha ah, stuff like that. Um, and then most panels do still have dialogue, but I did notice that there was probably two or three more splash pages per uh, issue. Hmm. It still only be one in the 80s. Like one page. That, that, that one big splash page. Yeah. Exactly. And then, like you said, I know once we start getting later on into the decades, it's like every other page is a splash page. It's yeah. interesting that you, you have that take on there, and, and thank you for looking into that and saying, okay, back in the 80s, we had six panels per page, then we're going to five panels per page, and, you know, one big splash page to four splash pages. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the evolution of comic books. It's tough being a comic book junkie in today's age. Well, I think you bring up an interesting point in regards to that shift that had happened. And, and I was, you know, joking about Venom and whatnot, but those two things end up coinciding in regards to that is about the point where comics become a commodity, where people are like, oh, well, I'm going to invest in comics. So now we're going to make a thousand. Uh, holographic copies of this Spider-Man reboot and everyone has it, but because everyone wants these new things and they know it, we can up the price. And I think that's when the price jumped because they were like, oh, well, we can sell these at a higher price point and people aren't going to complain. Yeah, the quality and uh, everything goes up, but it's, and I'm sure that Image was able to justify it being a smaller company and being like we had to cover our overhead and uh, and distribution. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to think about that because the other thing that's happening when the uh, stock market is exploding, the comic book stock market is exploding, is the amount of What were you saying? And, you know, I was doing kind of the same thing as Ed, and I was, you know, looking through Watchmen um, versus this Justice League uh, annual, um, 82, 85 to 86 run. And Watchmen, like Claremont, but in this condensed format, he has exactly the amount of space that he needs to tell the story that he wants. So you can have super dense things like the uh, the entire Black Freighter uh, uh, sub-story. You, you have an entire sub-story. <laughs> like the back of the, the back of the actual comic would have like two literary pages of like X of like faux uh, newspaper cutouts and all these other things that you're supposed to read to get like into the story. Like that's asking a lot from the reader, but then he's got issues in the same thing. Like, when he takes, uh, when Mr. Uh, Dr. Mr. Dr. Manhattan takes, uh, Silk Spectre up to Mars and like, there's panels upon panels upon panels, no dialogue. It's just oh, like yeah, Dr. Yeah. Manhattan just kicking it. It's a picture of a, uh, a footprint. It's the nostalgia bottle just following. And so 
that balance between heavy dialogue and knowing how to use it is really interesting um, in this compact story. And the annual, I think, is also interesting because it's compact, but it's doing that thing that annuals are supposed to do, which is be special. And, you know, so it's got like things like the, the, la the blueprint for the oh, Legion yeah. Tower and, and, uh, and all sorts of things. But it's also got, uh, hey cat, what's up? Hey, word for it. Hey. But it's also got like a full page panel. That's, that's Bouncing Boy and, 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 and Duo. And <laughs> that's a lot of dialogue for Bouncing Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh god, like, Duo Damsel, that's what it is. Um, and so it's interesting, like, even small characters who have a, like, they run the substitute legion. <laughs> like, you know, like, it, it's, even small characters are getting big bits of dialogue, which color in the flavor of their stories. And I think it's one of the reasons why I'm so dead set on the personalities that are laid down in this era. Uh, so I think another thing that kind of, now that I'm thinking about and looking at what I've been reading, uh, the birth of the crossover, like the crossover every year, and the crossover every every uh, you know fall and every summer, and I think that eventually led to diluting a lot of this too. So, on that note, my next uh, example was Green Lantern Corps number forty, Blackest Night two thousand nine. I believe Strader and I read that together. Yeah. Uh, uh, writer Peter Tomasi. Uh, that one every other page is a splash page two thousand nine. Now, uh, there's pages with dialogue and then pages with none and not. And necessarily in a dramatic pose, just a flex picture with no words in it. Uh, four, now it's four to five panels per page and minor dialogue and a lot of one word phrases like, no, yes, no, yes, yes, no. <laughs> Stuff like that. I was just like, wow, okay, this is way different than early nineties. That's a pretty, yeah, right? Pretty yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's nuts. But yeah. the art is, art is beautiful. Yeah, it is pretty to look at, and you and like and like Lucy said earlier, you can blow through these, you know, you can blow through if you're gonna read a per hour, you can blow through like four or five of these in an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you're getting through. It's like it's a twenty minute read. Like you, you, modern comic books, I think, are a twenty twenty five minute read. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I, and it's crazy because like. Nowadays, you have to like go back. Like, I was like, well, let me like go back and look at the pictures, I guess. <laughs> like, what, like, what am I no. doing with it? Because before the dialogue was so long, you stayed on that panel. Like, there was so much happening in that bubble in the frame with that one still picture tells a thousand words with those words <laughs> helping on the uh, side to prompt you there. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you'd mention the panels because they, they, they were more standardized back when we first started reading comic books. And now I'm, you know, as many comic books that I've read, you know, kind of recently, you're looking like, oh, like you'll see one long panel that's taking up like a quarter of the page. And then there'll be like two or three panels right next to it. And then you, it's almost like you have to think about which direction I'm going to go in. But then again, it doesn't really matter because there might only be like a paragraph with a dialogue on that page. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it, 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 you know, when you're reading uh, a comic book from the 80s, like, oh, there, there's two paragraphs in one panel and there's 
six to eight panels on that page. And yeah. it's dense. I, you know, again, going back to my lunch breaks and reading some of the stuff, um, uh, 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 the the Teen Titan stuff uh, with the brother blood, like whoa, it's super 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 dense. And I'd have to take a break after reading a page or two and kind of digest what I just going on. It was it was almost more like reading a book uh, in a lot of ways, or you know, it is reading a book, but a comic book and just like the density of it back then. And this is the topic was what it was. It was so much more dense back then, you know. It, do I enjoy looking at the art? Yes, but I, I, I enjoy reading a little bit more so than the art. I think we I think we can kind of find a little bit more of a balance there. New Warriors, I think, might have been you know like, I mean it was like my last like this is my comic book, but it was really verbose like that was wordy and the and the whole arc with Night Thrasher is a pretty big storyline uh, that doesn't pay off for twenty four issues. So that's two years of prints. Right, you know, like that's a long time to see the story. It's a lot um, of writing, right? It is a lot of writing, and um, yeah, and I don't know if you know. I hate to be like the well, you know, the, the Nintendos came along, and the kids just couldn't really pay attention anymore. The they've got <laughs> iPads since they're two, so you know they just can't. You know, you know people have the same brains, the same oh. ability, and when you pander to the lowest common denominator, you're going to get a lower common denominator product yeah well uh, in recent recent history an example that really upset me uh, i was i've been reading um the last year uh, year of the villain and the justice league is the core of that and that's a that's a bi-weekly or bi-monthly so they're putting out two two issues every single month and i get to this one where it's jaro or starro and he ends up, you know, he's Batman's sidekick at this point in time. He's got some infatuation with. I get through this whole issue, and I pay five dollars to get this issue. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be like, oh, it's finally the, it's finally the Legion of Doom fighting the Justice League. And then to find out the whole thing is just a dream that Jaro's having, Ooh. and it did not move the plot along <laughs> one bit. <laughs> Did not move the story along. It did nothing for the plot. Uh, there might have been a cool picture too, but I learned nothing new and I just spent five dollars. Like, I know, you know, hey, I don't want to be petty about money or anything, but hey, it adds no, up. No, no, that's an investment. That's an investment. <laughs> yeah, it it's, and it's not just up. the money. It's not just the money. It's the amount of, you know, it, it takes up space at your house. Like, I want to, like, if I'm going to hold on to something personally, I want to keep a good story. Um, one of the last ones that I had picked out, because uh, you know I love Golden Age, was this Power Man and Iron Fist, and uh, and you, I mean, they are action heavy. Oh my they, goodness! Look at that. That's beautiful right there. But every panel that he's dialogue, dialogue, someone, dialogue. It's one, it's one moving punch, and there's a paragraph on the bottom of that page right there. <laughs> And it's he's the, literally it's the punch. Exactly, he's negotiating with the guy the entire time. Hey, man, I'm sorry, Loomis. I tried. I know what you're feeling. I know the kind of pain you're going through. I know the emotional hurt can do to a mind that I've been through that. Like, 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 he's like, he's reaching out to this person. It is not just like the silly punch. Um, yeah, it's just. Crazy man, and it, it, I would even consider this a a low level um, comic, but like like just that panel there, like 
That's a lot. That's a lot of talking. <laughs> and that's like Captain America, Pym, Captain Marvel, Mr. Fantastic, and a Power Man and Iron Fist conversation. Yeah. Like, like, not even in their own comic book. They're having real conversation and dialogue that will obviously affect the rest of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, reading some of the stuff, I, I, like, you'll look at two pages and some of the, like, a Chris, Chris Claremont issue. Look at two pages. You might have that much dialogue in an entire issue now, what they would have fit on, you know, a page or two back then. Uh, when you're, when you're reading the more modern stuff, Ed, what, what have you noticed? Um, I'm not, I hate to sound like a DC slut, but I guess it looks like I am. Uh, I did Young Justice number one, 2019. That just came out last year. Writer Brian Bendis, a uh, lot of single pages, a uh, lot of just single pages, some of them one word, like, or a look of shock, and then the next page is another one page reveal. You know, it's just not really it's a lot of story moving along. Uh, four to five panels per page, average, uh, small phrases still, a lot of uh, dialogue. But I did want to. I did want to notice uh, the the team that makes this uh, Young Justice roster up. Jenny uh, Hicks. I'm Jenny Hicks, daughter of Jonah Hex, I assume. Impulse. Uh, Damian Wayne. Robin. Uh, Connor Kent. Superboy. Um, Wonder Girl and Amethyst. The girl princess from Gem princess World. from Gem World. Yes. That's. They have folded her in. That's bold. Is that, is, that, that bold. is Connor Kent the son of Lois and Clark, or is that the clone? No, the clone. The clone. It's the clone. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was a quick, it was a quick read. You know what? I, I I do want to say there's a lot of times where I fall behind, and I do like to just go to the comic book store, grab everything new, and the fact they're all quick reads and I catch up that quickly, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a little relieving sometimes. It's like. It's like a soap opera. Like you can dip from a soap opera for five years and jump back and know it's still yeah. at that same speed. And so that's kind. Of, that's kind of a a beautiful side of it, I guess. Well, that's that short attention span thing that we that too touched on a little bit. But you know what? But but that is an interesting little like um, in in store culture that changes because yeah, you can just like go and be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna thumb through the comic books that I want to you know, to, to think about reading and boom, you're, you're done. There's, you know, like there's two pages of key dialogue and you get through the pictures as opposed to like the old comic book, like you'd be sitting there cross legged and the guy yeah. like, Hey, hey man, this is a library. You gotta get out of here. It's a fucking seven 11 kid. Like, you know, <laughs> people want to get to the slurping machine. Get the fuck out of the way, man. Um, so, you know, there is, there is this huge difference in, um, in the information and how it's put out there. Uh, yeah, I, I want to close it out with uh, if if you're uh, younger than our generation, get back and read some of the deep stuff. I, you know, just hashing out with my friends here. Um, the writing was a lot more dense. Not that there's not good stories now, but the stories back then. If if you're new to comic books, uh, you know, go go uh, uh, look through some crates at your local comic book store. And you will find some some definite gems there. And it was fun rolling down memory lane with my homies. And once again, like, comment, subscribe, and let us know what some of your favorite comic book stories were uh, when you first got into comics, if you're watching this show.
Yeah, I guess I would also say uh, if you're an up-and-coming aspiring comic book artist or writer, a good place to learn a lot of uh, movement and writing and stuff like that is those 80s comics. It's also a nice research lesson for you. Like, if you want to be a good rapper, you listen to 90s rap these days. Uh, all right, that went sideways. Sorry. Editor, San Antonio, Texas. I'm out. <laughs> uh, Boba Fresh. These are Boba Fresh's final thoughts. Comics make you dumb. No. Um, <laughs> uh, the nature of comics has changed with the amount of with the amount of seriousness that is put into the audience, I think that we didn't really get into the 60s or the 70s because comics are still being very much so peddled as kitty fare and not being taken seriously. And so the dialogue isn't as dense or as cutting, but you definitely at the end of the 70s and going into the 80s as we covered, start getting much more complex, deep, uh, deeper dialogues with heavy heavier density per page and how that has gone up and down and waned due to, is it audience attention? Um, have the movies played a role in what people want to see? If anything, the one thing that I think gets lost the most without having so much dialogue on page is the thought bubble. That's a great way, like, that's the one thing you can't get on screen. That's the one thing where you just can't be like, yo, like, I'm Captain America, and this reminds me of that one time in Monte Carlo in 1939, and blah, 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 you know, like, you can just do cool things with that, uh, that camera inside the head, and you just don't get, get that anymore. Or even turn it into a power signature, like Professor X, and like, you know, his power bubbles look different when he's, doing telepathy and, you know, all these other things, or even, you know, just the, the power of the lettering, the uh, importance of the colors of the bubbles when people decide to do that. Uh, a lot of the exposition of Marvel's color uh, exposition blocks are always done in some different contrast and color of the majority of the rest of the page. So there's just a lot of interesting Smart things that went into these comics that we love. We hope that you enjoyed us discussing this material. I enjoyed talking with you about it. And this is Boba Fresh. Boba Fresh's final thoughts from Good to Geek Out. That's Editor. And that's... Up there. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Geek on and geek out. Peace. Oops.